Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church celebrates the Feast of the Epiphany. Now, this feast has grabbed the attention of writers and artists throughout the centuries. There's something magical and spiritually uplifting about this story. In this story, we see a juxtaposition between Herod and the Magi. In this feast, there is one story about politics and power that we can all pay attention to. But deep down, there is another story, a more powerful story, a story that we could possibly miss. Now, turn to Herod. Herod's eyes are fixed on what he holds important, which is power and honor. If we look at the Magi, their eyes are fixed on something altogether different, something more powerful than politics or honor. Instead, it's the power of God entering into this world. In Bethlehem. Now, Matthew's account of this story intentionally compares and contrasts Herod versus this mysterious Magi of the East. King Herod is a consummate political survivor. He's ruthless in obtaining power and even more ruthless in maintaining it. There's no lengths in which Herod would go to consolidate his power to the extent of murdering three of his sons because he suspected them of overthrowing him as king, or to ordering the execution of all male children two years or younger throughout the town of Bethlehem. And so Herod is a very ruthless person. And yet, I'm sure the people of his time saw Herod as a fascinating figure. Herod's eyes were fixed on the power and maintaining that power that he had as king, but also the trappings of his position especially the social aspects of being a king. Yet despite all this, Matthew in the gospel story depicts Herod as a pathetic person, hopelessly fussing about maintaining his power. Now the central and the most important characters of the story, it's not Herod, it's the Magi, who are indifferent to politics and the games of power and control. Now notice how the story begins. The Magi are intensely surveying the night sky. Now, one could say upon hearing the story, maybe for the first time, they would say, well, that's crazy, watching the night sky. The real intrigue is watching the politics and the power brokers of that time, like Caesar or King Herod. One should watch them. But the Magi, they could care less about those things. What are the Magi really doing? They're surveilling the night sky. For signs of God. That's why when they saw the star at its rising, it designated that new king of Israel has come into this world, has been born. It tells us much more than just another political player is coming onto the scene. Notice the star was never caught the attention of Herod. Why? 
because Herod was always fixated on himself. He was a self-proclaimed narcissist. He wasn't focused on God in his life, only in himself. More to it, the star in the sky is for everyone to see. It's not just for a select few, which means Jesus has come into this world to save everyone. It's an indication also that heaven and earth have now come in proper alignment. The alignment that it once shared before the fall of grace with Adam and Eve. You see, this is the consequence of sin. It throws everything off kilter. Society, even the cosmos. It's also important to note the Magi. The Magi's prayerful attention that allowed them to understand the meaning of the star. The Magi are looking for the right thing. They are attending to the right story. Now, the story continues. The Magi, they see the star and they act upon it. They're compelled to go and see this newborn king. Now, we have to realize travel in the ancient world was very difficult, in fact, perilous. The roads are not like ours. Our roads in this day and age are paved and they have signage. The roads in the ancient world at best were paths carved out. There were no signs. They were not lit up at night. There was no GPS or AAA maps, so it was easy to get lost. You were exposed to the elements, the wind, the cold, the rain. Worse yet, hiding on these roads were thieves, kidnappers, murderers, and even wild animals. And yet the Magi, they set out. Despite the danger, they set out because they were seeking communion with God. They were seeking to align themselves to the alignment of heaven and earth. And that alignment is what truly matters the most in our lives. Like the Magi, we too must align ourselves to the presence of God in our life. How do we do that? Well, we go to Mass every weekend. We pray every day. We engage a life of stewardship. Those are just a few ways in which we align ourselves to the presence of Christ in our life. Like the Magi, we follow that presence of God in our life that leads us to the things of God in this world and ultimately leads us to eternal life in heaven. And so we move and we act upon God's presence, just like the Magi. A great tragedy in the spiritual life is when we see the presence of God, we feel that presence tugging at our heart, and we don't act. In fact, we make excuses not to act upon that presence. Now, the story continues. The Magi cross the border into Israel. Now, at first, Herod thinks that they're spies. But the Magi, they come and meet with Herod and tell them the good news of the newborn king of Israel. Now, this is the worst news that Herod could hear. A newborn rival. Under Herod's vision and things, he saw himself as king who had all the power. The worst thing Herod could ever imagine was that a new king was coming now to replace him. So what does he do? He desperately assembles his own wise men to see if all this is true. And Herod hears from his own wise men the prophecy, according to sacred scripture, that a newborn king of Israel would be born in Bethlehem. Now, this is the worst scenario for Herod. First, he imagines the Magi as spies coming from a foreign country seeking a new king to supplant him from his power as king. Next, 
under the pretense of piety, Herod is pretending to be a devout person like the Magi. And so he calls the Magi for a secret meeting to find out when this star first appeared to ascertain the age of the newborn baby. And then Herod lets the Magi go. In some ways, he's using the Magi as spies and then asking them to send word when they find the exact location of the child for the express purpose of doing what? So Herod can destroy the child, destroy his rival. Now, this is a typical move in politics. We see this in our own day and age. When a politician sees a rival rise up, the first move he makes is to remove that rival, destroy them. Now, this story has two different visions of life, two different accounts, what to look for in our life. Herod, first of all, he doesn't welcome the alignment of heaven and earth. His eyes see the world with a vision of power, greed, and treachery. The Magi are just the opposite. They see with great spiritual clarity the presence of Jesus Christ in this world, and therefore they're naturally compelled to seek that presence out. Well, again, we have to be like the Magi ourselves. We have to see with great spiritual clarity the presence of God in our life and in this world, and then move and act upon it. Now, it says, the Magi were overjoyed at seeing the presence of the star. Well, when we see the presence of God in our life, when we feel the presence of God tugging at our heart, we are overjoyed. And it's a genuine joy. It's a deep and abiding joy. Because now we have aligned ourselves to the presence of God. We have aligned ourselves with heaven. And that's exactly where God wants us all to be. One last thing to think about. The Magi, once they are in the presence of Jesus Christ, they present him with gifts, special gifts. And so it begs the question, what's the only proper response to Jesus Christ present in our life? Well, it is self-giving. Self-giving on our part. That's the proper response to the presence of Christ in our life. Notice what the Magi give. Gold, symbolic of Jesus' kingship. Frankincense, symbolic of Jesus' divinity. Myrrh, a burial ointment. It means that this child is destined to be sacrificed for the life of the world. That was the very best that the Magi had to give Jesus. So what does this mean for us? Well, when we see and we feel that we are in the presence of Christ, just like the Magi, We offer God the very best of who we are. We hold nothing back. We offer Jesus the very best of our heart, mind, and our soul, our will and our intellect, the very best of our prayers and our prosperity. That's why we as parishes have taken on the theme of stewardship as belong, believe, and become. When we see and feel the presence of Christ at Mass, we feel naturally compelled that this is where I belong. This is where I belong at this parish in this faith community. And it nurtures a feeling of lifelong faith formation. We engage every opportunity we can to continue to grow in our belief. And when we do that, we become that God created and intended us to be. And therefore, we give ourselves over to Christ 
Like the Magi, we give the very best to God. After all, he deserves that. See, when we do that, we are strengthened individually, but also as a faith community. And that's what's so important for us all. Strongly encourage you, take some time this week. Reread the story of the Magi. Put yourself in place of the Magi and recognize the presence of God in your life. Act, move upon it. Align yourself to that presence of Christ in your life and then offer Christ the very best of what you have, the best of yourself. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.